0: just have to say it's been a privilege to be in your presence I'm so grateful um, that you all invited us to come here i'm just uh, just overjoyed and it's been so refreshing for pastor Robin and I so thank you so much for this opportunity and I'm just going to say a word of prayer and then we're going to get right into the word father we just thank you and we bless you we honor you lord we thank you for these beautiful people that you've gathered here together in one in unity and in harmony and lord we just Pray that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We bless the hearers of the word. O God, we pray for wisdom, understanding, and clarity that would come into their hearts and into all of our hearts. Holy Spirit, come be our teacher, be our counselor, and be our guide. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. 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 I'm going to share with you this morning uh, from Proverbs 31. Uh, it's entitled The Virtuous Woman, and this is our, it's, and for the young men, this is actually uh, a teaching for young men, okay? Aww. Did you know that? And I just, I just realized that this is, this is for the young men, because, um, okay, uh, because what happened is, uh, this teaching was to King Lemuel, and Lemuel, as you know, was one of the names of Solomon, and you know who Solomon was, that was one of his, like his pet names, or when he was a young boy, they called him Lemuel. And his mother is actually teaching this young man how to become a king. So I'll start. um, And again, the title is The Virtuous Woman, A Hidden Treasure. And what my goal is, well, I'm a teacher, so I'm going to use you as part of this word. I'm going to use some illustrations that the Lord gave me uh, actually early this morning about some of you. So you're going to see yourself in this scripture, that's one of my objectives. I want you to see who you are and discover some gifts and talents within yourself as you hear the teaching. So I want you to open your ears and open your heart and uh, hear this word. So I'm gonna start, actually I'm just gonna read Proverbs 31 and then I'm going to um, expound on each verse, okay? So we're gonna start at Proverbs 31 verse one and I'm reading from the New King James version of the Bible. It says, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. What, my son, and what, son of my womb, and what, son of my vows. Do not give your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for a intoxicating drink. That means don't get drunk lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open your mouth for the the speechless in the cause of all who are appointed to die. Open your mouth, judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. And then she goes into um, the virtuous woman. Uh, and I just need you to move this. Just for- Thank you. Okay. Now I'm going to read um, the next. Twelve or so scriptures, and then again, I'm going to expound on each one. And this is actually where the teaching is coming from. It says, who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Listen up, young girls, because this is for you too, okay? I want you to listen. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff. And her hand holds the spindle she extends her hand to the poor yes she reaches out her hands to the needy she is not afraid of snow for her household for all her household is clothed with scarlet she makes tapetries for herself her clothing is fine linen and purple her husband is known in the gates when he sits among when he sits among the elders of the land she makes linen garments and sells them she supplies sashes for the merchants strength and honor are her clothing she shall rejoice in time to come she opens her mouth with wisdom and the and on her tongue is the law of kindness she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness let me just keep going here her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now everybody say that is some kind of woman. (laughs) Some kind of woman. That's the kind of woman, young man, that you want to choose. That's the kind of woman that you want to find, okay? And now we're going to just go through... um, each verse, and I'm going to just give you a brief synopsis of what each verse means. So it says, Who can find a virtuous woman? The first, the key word there is find. That means a man has to find a wife. As pastor said yesterday, the scripture says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So a man, and this is for the young girls, you're never to seek a boyfriend. You're never, look, she smiled. You're never to seek a boyfriend. Okay. You're never to seek a man. A man's going to find you. He's going to see you. You, and you know how most of us have attended a wedding, correct? You know how the father of the bride marches that young woman down the aisle and then that's her dad. He presents her to his, um, her husband. So God is going to present you to your husband. He's going to know you when you, when he sees you, he's going to it's, when you see the young woman that God has chosen for you because you're all going to be praying men and you already are, you're gonna know in your heart that this is a girl for you that God has chosen just for you so it's very uh, crucial and key for us to understand that we're going to be presented to our husband so um, my two beautiful girls here what are you gonna do? You're, what are you gonna do? Amen and you' you're, you're, nev- you're not gonna you're not gonna go looking for a boyfriend because you're a pretty girl. And God's going to, when you, when the time is right, he's going to present you to your husband. And you're going to be pure and holy and full of wisdom and love. And he's going to be just for you. And God knows who's just for you. Okay? So that's one thing I want you to always remember. Okay? And then um, I'm going to go to, and I'm not going to be real long. I'm going to keep going here. And this, the next one says um, in verse thirty one twelve, she brings him good not harm all the days of her life. Now, this is to men and to the married women and and to all of us. What that means is uh, in Proverbs 12, 4, it says an excellent wife is a crown of her husband. She causes him, but it says, but a sinful woman is like shame and it's like rottenness in his bones. So what happens is if you find a woman that's really not the woman for you, she can become a snare to you. So that's why it's very important, young men, that you find the woman that God has chosen just for you. You can't get in a hurry. You know, you can't say, oh, it's, it's, oh, i got to get somebody. i got to get somebody. No, just wait on the Lord, and he's going to tell you who she is. He may even tell you her name. So just hold on and wait on him. Another proverb says, and this is for the woman, in Proverbs 14, 1, it says, A wise woman builds her house, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And the Lord spoke to me. I said, Well, Lord, how do you build your house? He said, you build with your words. So what we do is a woman that builds her house, she's going to speak well over her husband. She's not going to gossip about him to her girlfriend or her mother and tell people what's going on in their home. And young girls, young women, never tell your mother what's going on in your house. Or your cousin or your best friend or men, don't talk to your wife about your, to your to the fellas, don't do that. Uh, Because you're tearing them down. And what we do, when we use words that tear people down in the spirit, it says, sticks and stones may break my bones. Words are worse than bones, than sticks and stones. Because words are spiritual. When you speak words, they build walls around people. And again, you know, you, you speak over your children, you speak life over them. I always say, even if kids are acting, Uh, if they're disobedient and if they're acting up, just begin to say, my children are highly favored of the Lord. They're ten times smarter. Don't ever say what the enemy is saying about your husband or your children to other people. Speak life. The scripture says, call those things that be not as if they were. That means you speak to what you want to see. Does that make sense? Okay. And I'm a little nervous, so pray for me. Okay. um, Let me keep going here and the next thing is, uh, 3113, it says, she selects wool and flax and works with her hands. And basically what this is saying, in the old days, this would be as if she were a seamstress. Uh, she I to, That's why I've been praying and blessing your hands. A lot of us don't sew, but there are other things we might do with our hands. We write with our hands. You know, everything really that we produce, we need our hands. So she has really blessed hands. She has eager hands. And when my kids were little, I, the Lord told me, Diane, have busy hands and not a busy mind. So it's always something to do around your house. And I have to say this to women. We can't be lazy. You see, this woman wakes up late. I mean, she stays up late at night, and she's working. So God will give you strength. And while you're working with your hands, that could, like, be your exercise. I always say, <laughs> you know, I, I don't go to the gym. And you know what I mean? So that that just look at it like that. The Lord can redeem the time. You could be making the bed and just kind of like you're pushing up. Just make that bed up and sweep that floor, girls. You know, just that's how you can get your little exercise in with your housework. See? And wouldn't that be fun? All right. So that's what, she, that's what she's saying. She works with her hands. Okay, it's fun. And 3114 says she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. Now, we don't have to go out and uh, pick our food, although that's getting becoming more popular now we go to the grocery store but she's she might have a garden and if you women want to start a little garden in your home you can do that you know you can bring your food and uh, have your food so we go to the supermarket uh 3115 says she gets up while it's still dark and provides food for her family and portions for her servants and actually what this is too describing it's a royal household remember we're kings and priests so you're going to be the king of your home and the woman you're going to marry she's going to be the queen So this is describing a kingly household. She has servants, meaning she has people that help her and assist her uh, to do the things that she needs to do. So she's a very industrious woman. Um, And I'll keep going. 31.16 says she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Now earnings is, everybody say earnings. Earnings. Is money. Money. Now this is what I want to say to the women Don't ever be afraid to make money. Okay, this is kind of my ministry. Uh, God wants you to make as much money as as you're possibly able. You have so many gifts, so many talents, Uh, young ladies. Right now, you can, even though you're 12, 11, 9, 10 years old, God can give you a gift and you can make some money right now while you're very young. You know that you can learn to braid hair, you can make jewelry, you can begin to paint. There are gifts that are within you right now. I'm just, I don't know exactly what they are, but you have some gifts in you that God can use right now. We were on, we were watching, um, I shouldn't say this, Shark Tank, and there was a 10-year-old girl that started a jewelry company. She's 15 right now, and she's a millionaire. 10 years old. So you're never too young to start making money. And women don't ever be afraid to make more money than a man. Because your husband, all right? Because see, I'll, I'll share something with you. We are caused, we're caused as women to reproduce, to give birth. The seed comes into us. Your husband gives you seed, you give him a children. He gives you grocery, you give him a meal. So whatever you receive, you're called to multiply it and reproduce it, okay? And men don't be intimidated. Because you want your woman to be all that she can be. Because that's just going to build you up and build your household up. So don't ever be intimidated to make money. Start now, girls. That's your assignment. Within 24 hours, you've got to say, Lord, what can I do? See, the Lord, the Lord has you all here. To, this is, amen. This is your day. The Lord has you here. So there's some gifts in you, too. You've heard the word. It's in your spirit. You say, oh, well, I hope this wasn't a waste of my time. No, you got some gifts in you right now. You have something that God's called you to do, so you can start, right? You guys getting a jump start on all of us. So that's what that means. Out of her earnings, she makes, she plants a vineyard. And you all know what a vineyard is. That's like a winery. Okay, so, uh, and actually what, she was really like a real estate agent. She bought land, she produced it, and then she resold it. So that's um, basically what that's saying. So she's a, she was a business money, a business woman. Okay, And in 31.17, well, let me just go back. Because I want to touch on this. I think we have time. I want to touch on uh, a little bit on divine prosperity and uh, God's intended purpose for money. As Pastor said, um, money is not evil in, an, in and of itself. And actually, in this society, uh, it's kind of a medium of exchange. So even though we're Christians and we're believers, we need money to operate the kingdom of God. We have to be um, in the world and not of the world, but we need your gifts and your talents to be used outside of the church as well as within the church. So I'm going to touch a little bit more on this a little bit later, but I do want you to understand that it's the love of money that is the root of evil, but not money itself. And prosperity, the Lord also wanted me to share this with you, is much more than money. It's much more than finances. He wants us to prosper in our health. He wants us to prosper in our mind, in our spirit, in our body. So he wants, uh, like in business, we might say the entire pie, the whole pie. He wants us to be complete like a circle. So not just money, but that is important. But he wants total prosperity for believers. And that's a portion of divine prosperity. In John 3, this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper in all things, and be in health, even as your soul prospered. So God, again, he wants us, our bodies to be prosperous. And the Lord um, put, it, put on my heart is that he needs our temple. He needs us healthy. I was walking up those steps. I said, Lord, I need to get healthy. I was almost out of breath. But God wants us to be healthy because if, we, if, we're, if our bodies are all beat up and dried out and tired, then he can't use us. So he wants us to prosper in our health. Remember, it's in the word, in our health and in our soul and our spirit. 3117, it says she gets about, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. That means women and men, she exercise. She's physically fit. I touched on a little bit about how we can exercise when we're working or when we're walking and, you know, just keep your body moving just a little bit a day. And I'll tell you one more thing about uh, health and prosperity. I was in a I work in a virtual office, and just so you'll know, I work for American Express. I'm in sales, so I work out of my home, and um, as virtual employees, we don't have a lot of contact with a lot of other people with, from the tower out of New York, but anyway, I had a, uh, woke up early one morning, and it, they did a, a teaching on health and eating properly, and I said, Lord, I'm going to start eating properly, and they said, make a fist. Everybody make a fist. This is the size portion of food that you should have on your plate, okay? Each, each not not the whole plate. I'm sorry, I don't want this. Is make a fist, and each portion of food should be the size of a fist, okay? And the reason being, and I'm not a dietitian or anything, but it was so healthy what they told us. Um, your heart is the most important thing, and you know God belongs in our heart, but we have a physical heart, so we want to make sure that we're not over eating so our heart can pump blood throughout our body so they told us that's a good way to stay healthy each food of, and i just remember this when i was eating over there i said oh lord i'm just eating because it was so much food but you know sometimes i said lord give me a little discipline so anyway take your fists and when you see this i hope you remember this take your fists and this is the size of each section of food that should be on your face the size of your own fish or your own fist okay so again, your, your own fits. So if you have a vegetable, a meat, and a carb, it should be that size. You get it? Okay, I'm sorry. Not the whole meal. No, no, no. Not the whole meal. Your own fits. Not the Hey. No, no. Each each portion. There you go. But that's because that's the size of your heart. So it's about the size of your heart, okay? Does that make sense? So this is a God. We're ministering to the whole man today. Okay. So we're going to keep going. So she said she exercised, and I'll tell you another thing too. The Lord said, "If you don't murmur and complain," Pastor taught on this, and this is for all of us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, including uh, discipline and uh, exercise. So, so let me keep going. I'm trying to see if I want to read all these scriptures that I have. Okay, uh, 31. I'll start at 31:18. It says. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. That means, profit, profit means that's the sum remaining after your costs, okay? So you have to make a profit in order to stay in business. So after you, after all of her expenses, that means she after she sells, there's a return on the investment that she's doing. Just like we're preaching this weekend, God wants a return on his word, okay? He said, I'm going to come back, I will see if there's... What's the scripture, brother? See, if there's any, he wants to find a, if there's any profit on the earth, meaning everything he's investing in you, he's expecting a return. You remember the parable where he gave the talents? One man had one, one had three, one had five, and the one that had one talent, he went and buried his talent, so he gave it to the gentleman that had five talents. That means whatever God has placed in you, he wants a return on his investment. So that's very important that we get a return on all that God has placed in us, and we're going to get to that in a minute. So it's very important that um, whatever you, whatever God has placed in you, he's looking for a return on his investment. In 19, it says, in her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. Uh, the distaff was a staff in which fibers and flax and wool were bound together. It was like a, a, a weaving. A, I don't know if you've seen a long time ago those things that they would weave fabric on. So she was very industrious. Again, she made clothes with her own hands. Um, in thirty-one twenty, it says she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy that means she was a philanthropist she was a giving woman she um you know the scripture tells us that we should lend to the poor when we lend when we give to the poor we lend to the lord and he returns we should never ever forget the poor there's always someone that you can give to and sometimes it's not always money you can give people a word you can give them a smile if you have, I always have a lot of leftover food from restaurants, and I, I worked in the city a lot, and I would give, you know, my meal to the homeless. And one time, I'll be honest with you, I had uh, a meal that I was going to bring for Pastor Robert, and this man, uh, it was a real nice um, pastrami sandwich. I'll never forget it. And I saw this guy, and I actually wanted to cross the street because I said, oh Lord, he gonna want my sandwich." <laughs> I just got to confess it. And I really didn't want to give it to him because, the, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Because I, I wanted to give that to Robert for dinner, and then I wouldn't have to cook. And so I, the Lord said, walk on over there by that brother. And he looked at me and I kind of just looked at him and smiled. And I said, are you hungry? He said, yeah, I'm hungry. I said, okay, well, here's my sandwich. But anyway, so, because, and I, that's a kind of funny story, but. God wants us always to be willing to serve the poor and to give to the poor. So open your heart to the poor, and that's what this woman did. Um, and let me, let me just go. Oh, this is another thing I want to share with the women. I said, when, oh, 3121, it says, When it snows she has no fear of her household, for all are clothed in scarlet. She is not afraid of, slowing, of, of the slowing economic downturn this woman is a, a prosperous, industrious woman, that means she is not worried about what's happening outside in the world. It's not going to affect her household. Along, about 10 years ago, Walmart, the gentleman that started Walmart, I think it was in 1995 when we had our first economic downturn, Sam Walton, he said, I'm not going to participate in the recession. And he didn't. And at that time, Walmart built more stores. They became, as you know now, the largest retailer in the world. So what we have to tell us, what this woman is saying in this scripture and us as believers, we have to say we're not going to participate in what the world says is an economic downturn. Even though things are going down, God said his kingdom is always increasing. And as Pastor preached last night, we're the seed of Abraham, we're not of Job. We should always be increasing. We shouldn't be afraid of all the different things that affect the people in the world. Even though we're in the world, we're not of the world, we should have an abundance. And another thing I want young women to do, I want the young girls to listen to me on this, don't ever date another woman's husband, or don't ever, don't ever like anybody else's boyfriend, okay, because God will give you somebody, and to young single women, don't ever flirt with another man's husband, because this happens in the church a lot. People don't realize they flirt with people, but they really do. Okay? Don't ever flirt with another woman's husband. Okay? Don't tease him. Don't smile at him. Don't be all in his face. Don't do that, women. God is not pleased with that. Okay? He has somebody for you. You never have to be jealous of anybody. The Lord spoke this to me when I was a little girl, and Prue and I go living in the projects. I was looking up at the star. He said, Diane, there's enough in this world for everybody. And I grew up under real circumstances. You can look it up on the internet. It's not there anymore, but anyway, you never have to be jealous of anyone because you are fearfully, wonderfully, and marvelously made, and God loves you just as much as he loves the next person. He's no respecter of person. Be happy with how God made you. Your hair, your skin, your eyes, you're beautiful. So you never, ever have to be jealous of anybody. Okay. Remember that. No solution. Be jealous. See, I'm not going to be jealous. Not be jealous. And you're never going to date another woman's husband. You're not going to flirt. And same thing, men. You're not going to look at another man's wife and covet her and want her and desire her. If you have those thoughts, say, I cast them out in the name of Jesus. Just pull down those imaginations and anything that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. So remember that. And that's in Romans uh, 13, Romans chapter 13, 8 through 10. So it's very important for us to remember that. I'm almost done. Uh, 31, it says, she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed with fine linen and purple. Now, this is for married women. We have to be ready. Our beds have to be ready and prepared to receive our husbands. The scripture says that your body is not your own body. Okay? Your body belongs to your husband. And... His body belongs to you, okay? So we have to, women, want young women, we have to be romantic. We have to plan ahead. You can't go to bed always with, a, with a, a headache. Somebody, I got a headache. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Rolling over, trying to stay up late to wash dishes, trying to wait till he fall asleep. Oh, you can't do that, women. Come on now. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can say, oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till he fall asleep. I'm going I'm to get busy and clean up and cook. No, no, no. Plan ahead. When your husband go to bed, you go to bed. Come on now. When he goes to bed, you go to bed with him. Make sure you're nice and, and fresh. Make sure the bed is nice and fresh and you're fresh. You got perfume, a little nice negligee. And so you have to be ready for your husband, okay? You have to be ready, ready, ready. And I'm going to tell you why you need to be ready. Because men are always ready. Did you know that? Especially young men. They're always ready. So you can ask God to give you a mind and help you make it through the day and be ready for your husband. Be ready to receive him. And it don't take a lot of time. OK, it, it really don't take a whole bunch of time. OK, so I want you all to know this. I want you to know this. And men, you make love to a woman all day long. You, you send her a little note. You give her a little gift. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, you can give a little flower or, or send her a little text message. A, a nice, clean, wholesome one. All right. So you can do this. So it's very important. I want, I want you all to, it's very important that we make time for intimate fellowship with our, with our spouses. That's, and that's a healthy relationship. And I'll tell you another advantage to having a, a healthy relationship with your husband. You'll look younger. You'll feel better. Uh, when you come together, it releases certain enzymes in your body. This is scientific fact. Releases certain enzymes in your body. clears your thought life. clears your head. You're more creative. Very true. Very healthy for your heart. So there are a lot of benefits. God knew what he was doing. Everybody say, God knew what he was doing. He knew, he knew, he knew. So remember that I have to go on dates, all right? We want to keep it, it keep it fresh and keep it alive. And I'll tell you, women, the older you get, the better it gets. You, uh, I'm telling you, so maybe I'll stop there. But anyway... We want it. We want it. We want to keep it. Keep it. Everybody say, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. <laughs> keep, it fresh. keep it fresh. All right. First Corinthians seven. I want to give you the scripture that goes with this. It said, "The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except by mutual consent and for time." so that you may devote yourselves to prayer now i know christian women like to say i'm fasting you don't fast that's what i mean you don't fast unless your husband uh you all agree together to go on a fast because that's when that's what it means by that okay so and then it said and then it says this is what let me give you the last part of that it says then come together again so that satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control And so what happens, too, and I'm not making excuses for infidelity or anything like that, but sometimes uh, people are tempted because they're put in situations where they can be tempted. And that's why I say young women, if you don't have a husband, don't tempt anybody else's husband. Okay? Because if a woman, uh, our old pastor used to say, if you feed a man at home, he won't eat out. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? So if you feed him at home, he won't eat out. All that means is you take care of that man. He won't have anything to give anybody. Does that make sense? You all know what I'm saying? I'm trying to speak in parables. So (laughs) if you feed him at home, he won't eat out. Okay. That's what that means about that lack of self-control. Come together again. Okay. So we don't want to give the enemy any room, right? We don't want to give him any room. No room for the devil. 31.23 says her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders. That means when he goes out and ministers, you know, in the old, um, in biblical days, men would sit in the gate. Remember when um, Esther? Was it was it Esther? not Esther. Who's the girl? Who's the girl that they? The cousin. Was it Esther Robert? Oh, when they traded the shoe, Ruth. Ruth. Remember how they went? The men were in the gate and they uh, they did business in the gate. And Boaz went to the gate to do business with the elders and. They swapped the shoe and said, oh, you know, I'll redeem her. Anyway, I'm just trying to just tell you what the gate was. That's where men did business. Here it would be like in the church or in the community. So um, her husband is respected in the city gate. That was an open public place where they did business. In 3124, says she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity and can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Now, wisdom simply means um, the ability to live life skillfully. That's one definition of wisdom. It's all, It also means that you know how to conduct your life and how to rule your spirit. It's living skillfully. Wisdom, another definition, is just knowing what to do, when to do it, and at the right time to do it. So that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be women of wisdom. And a virtuous woman, I didn't tell you this earlier, it's a Kayel woman, that's a I think that's a greek word for it it means power this was a powerful powerful woman she moved powerfully in her home she moved powerfully in the marketplace so um, that's pretty much what that means and again a wise woman she builds her house and that's what we want to do we want to build our house we want to build our families we want to build our children we want to build our husbands so um, and the scripture also tells us If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it freely to all. So anytime you don't know what to do, I always tell my children this. Anytime you don't want to know what to do, just ask the Holy Spirit and he'll tell you. Just ask God to tell me what to do because he will actually give you wisdom and understanding. In 3127, it says she watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Again, I told you, you can't be lazy. You can't be idle because an idle mind, that's not a scripture, but the enemy gets into your heart when you have idleness. When you don't have anything to do, you get into a lot of trouble. That's why they like young people in the summer to have jobs. That's when crime goes up. That's when things happen because people are idle. They don't have anything to do. So we have to keep ourselves busy. There's always something to do. Now I'm going to just digress for just a moment and tell you about a storehouse. All these things that I've described this woman, she was a philanthropist, she was a realtor, she was a seamstress, uh, she had young women working for her in her household. These were all her different storehouses, okay? And I'll give you a, a scripture real quickly. It says in Deuteronomy twenty-eight twelve, it says, "'The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands.'" You will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow from none. A storehouse is a treasury. It's a receptacle of provision. Remember I said there's gifts and talents in all of us, in all of you? Your storehouse is every revenue stream that God has given you to prosper you. Okay? Now, all you wonderful young men... Um, The Lord was even uh, speaking to me while we were doing the worship. Remember what Pastor Benjamin said last night, how you all have all these gifts? We have Mr. Incredible with his voice. I don't have names for all of you all yet, but I will. And you with your photography. And um, Lorenzo, I had a name for you. I need to find it. But anyway, your Zoe designs. And my brother here with all your giftedness. The Lord just spoke to me, right now you all have a storehouse to do a a mini film. You know how you can do one of those films that they would show at a, a, not film school, but when you go to Pixar film festivals, you guys have a film right now in you that you could do in your two-hour drive home. I think all you guys came together, and my brother that raps, you guys could do a mini film. I was thinking, I was speaking to Daniel, David, David, my beloved, this morning, And um, you know his voice when he spoke last night, it literally took my breath away. I said, "Where is this voice coming from?" uh, My first thought was, "Boy, he looks." You know, I was thinking of a um, the soap opera character. We uh, we had this conversation, so he doesn't mind me saying this. I said, "My goodness, this man could be like six six on the soap because I used to like the soap operas. I don't watch them anymore, but anyway." I had that, thank God, thank God I've been delivered. This was 30 years ago. So anyway, I was saying with a voice like that and a gift like that, that God has given you, you can bless nations just with the healing tone of that voice. And with your gift of photography, that's a storehouse. That's a treasure that's within you that God has placed so you can bless the world. And with your ability, brother, to do, um, you're, you're a businessman, and you know all your giftings on the computer and graphic arts and all that you guys are a company right now within yourself and my brother that raps so you got a designer and artist you guys could do a film on the way home so i'm just saying these are storehouses these are your giftings these are your abilities that god has placed within you okay so that's what we mean by storehouse in um genesis 41 56, it says, when the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. So we know back in the biblical days, you might have a storehouse of grain, you might have a storehouse of corn, you might have, have a storehouse of wheat. So just like these young men. And uh, B, I got one for you. Be- the best excellence experience. Events, parties, weddings, or mitzvahs. So, and you're, you know, and we like acronyms, right? So, I thought the B B E. so, you know, j- these were just things that I was getting while I was reading the scripture. There's, that's a storehouse within you, your ability to create, and uh, not just events, but an experience, that's what the Lord wanted me to tell you, because an event is something that passes, you know, it's here today, gone tomorrow, but an experience is something you remember for a lifetime, so the Lord gave me that for you, so... Uh, your musicality. Oh, I got it. Lorenzo Zoe Creations. That's what I have. And, you know, something has to do with life. Because, you know, you have that Z, and, and Z is a hip, hip name now. Anything with a Z in it is really uh, kind of happening now. It's kind of, you know, really cool. So your, your musicality, your designs, and I don't know if you have culinary skills, but I've felt that as well. Um, you know, there, that could be a hidden treasure that you have within you that you don't know. These are all storehouses. Um, My sister who works for, I don't see her, who works for the, um, is it Mimi? Yeah, Mimi, who works for the social work. You can write books, Mimi, on uh, how to develop young people, you know, people that are destitute. Most people don't want to have anything to do with the poor, but the scripture says that there's an abundance of food in the fallow ground of the poor. That means they're broken up, unseated, places there there, there's no one in this world technically that should be poor because god has placed so much in us because people are poor because of injustice mainly so again when he was saying you have to fight for the rights of the poor when you're virtuous when you're um, a man of valor and a, a young king so there's giftings i can't go through each person here but just begin to ask the lord i have something for you i want you to pray oh wait a minute I don't want to get ahead of myself. Well, anyway, I'll just say it. Say, Lord, tell me, reveal to me the storehouses that are hidden in me. Remember, you don't have to say this. They're hidden treasures. We all have hidden hidden treasures, hidden riches that are in us. Again, this woman, the reason why she was virtuous because she could do so much. And she was one woman. And I said, oh, Lord, how can one woman do so much? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And no, this woman was a doer. She wasn't sitting around idle. She was actually doing it. So there's storehouses. That's what we mean by the word storehouses. And then I have to get right back to this favorite teaching of mine. In Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not... Throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. What God is saying is once you bless his storehouse, the one storehouse that comes from heaven, that's where all of our storehouses flow through. He's going to bless all your gifts. So what you ought to do, young people, young people, listen, listen. When you make your money, you return your 10% tithe to the storehouse of the Lord. And I promise you, I can you can stand on the word. This is something you can stand on, young people. It's the Lord said, test him. Put me to the test and see what I won't do for you. See will I not open up the windows of heaven. So whatever God blesses us with, we want to at least start with the 10th. And then one day we want to get high enough where we can give 50% back. All right? So God will bless your finances. He'll bless the work of your hands. He'll bless your resources. Remember, there's no lack in him. There's no shortage. There's, there's enough in this world for everybody. That 99% and 1%, that's actually a ploy of the devil to separate people. God said we're all one. And there's no lack and no shortage. So we want to return our tithe to the storehouse. And God will bless all the storehouses. Is this making sense to you? You understand? Is it stirring something up into you? Because there's gifts within you. There's a storehouses. And you should be blessed. Each one of those storehouses should be a blessing and should produce in your life. And you have to command them to come forth. Command those gifts to come forth. And be diligent. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, whatever you set your hands to do, do it with all your might. And do it quickly. So we want to, I'm almost done. Okay. And now we're at, uh, are we at 28, 31, 28. Let me just make sure I'm right. Okay, yep, Thirty-one twenty-eight. It says, her children arise and called her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And Titus 2, it says, teach the older woman to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then you can train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their own husbands. What that means is, women, it's, submission is really a good word. I used to resist it. And that's why I can teach it now, because I say, Oh, Lord, I ain't submitting to nobody. I want my own. I mean, even though I was married, now, this was in my heart. Uh, because the Lord knows your heart. Everybody say, The Lord knows my heart. He knows my heart. You know, you can say a lot with your words. But you cannot be submitted in your heart. And the Lord is looking at our hearts. So when I, when I say submission is a good word, all that means is someone, you're. It, technically it means to get up underneath and to push up. So I'm submitted to my husband. Even though I'm working, I'm doing my own thing, it's safety in submission. Because, you know, I've made so many mistakes, and I don't want to flood you all with all that, because I want you to listen to what I'm saying. But... When you submit to someone, it's safety in that. I've done things, I'll, I'll give you one funny story. This is the truth. We had a bathroom situation where um, we, I wanted to change the floor in the bathroom. So the gentleman that built our home, he said, oh, I have some beautiful granite that I put in this house in Lafayette, and I have some left, so I'll give it to you. I said, come on, brother, put that lemon, put that floor in my house. I came home from work. I didn't tell Robert. This is what I mean about submission. You know, check in with somebody before you do something really outlandish. I came home from work, and my bathroom was black. It looked like a swamp. I said, oh, my God. And we came in, and we saw the bathroom floor. It literally, it was black granite. Remember now, the man had used it in a driveway, and he had some left over. So I said, go, put it in there. That'd be fine. Put it in there. So anyway, I said, oh, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'll never do anything again. So what happened is, I said, Robert, can you just go tell him that we made a mistake? Because normally, after you've messed up, then you want to submit to somebody. Okay? Isn't that right? After you blow it, then you're looking for help. So if I had just checked in with him first, and just a minor thing, just checked in with him first, that could have all been avoided. Because that was a lot of work. The man had to tear the floor out and cost money. He had to tear the floor out and put in a brand new floor. So anyway, so there's safety in submission. That's what I'm saying, women. There's safety in submission. And again, if I'm submitted to him, and I'll share this with you, things will begin to go better on your job when you are submitted to your husband. God will prosper you in your work, and your relationship with your children. Everything will go better when you submit it. And the same thing for men. You all, as young men and even pastor, we all need to be submitted to someone. Somebody needs to be able to tell you when to go, when to stop. And people are not trying to control your life, but they just don't want you to make some mistakes. And again, there's safety and submission and covering. I'll keep going. And 3129, it says, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the rewards she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. And again, I'm closing now in summary. uh, What this woman really has done is she's integrated her work, her home, her relationship with the Lord all in one. God doesn't want us to separate our work life from our church life, from our family life. You know, we compartmentalize things and we try to say, I'm going to keep these people here, keep these people here. But God wants us to integrate our entire life into everything we do. Again, I told you I work in the workplace, but I'm a minister there as well. When my colleagues have problems, they'll call me. um, You know, situation where a young woman or brother had cancer, they would always call me for prayer. And so I'm a minister and a priest at American Express as well. And when you're in the marketplace, God needs people there to minister and to... um, to pray for those that are in authority over us, because if we don 't people make terrible mistakes you may have heard what happened at Glasgow Klein a few weeks back. The pharmaceutical company when they had that elaborate party and was selling drugs and i mean in a in a negative way, they were pushing drugs on people that really didn 't need them, so somebody got so greedy, and you know maybe no one was there praying for them, but he needs us as Christian young men and women to be in the marketplace to pray for CEOs, because the decisions that they make affect lots of people, thousands and thousands of people. So God wants us to integrate our entire life uh, into one. He said, oh, that we might be one. And I'll give you the scripture for that one. That's in Ephesians 1, uh, chapter chapter 1. I'll start reading in verse 8. It's actually verse 9. It says, having been, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth in him. So everything we do, whether whether it's in the home or in the church, in our family life, in our work life, should all be one. Okay, I'm not just a minister in, in Zion or in the church. I'm a minister wherever I go. I'm open to hear, to to pray, to prophesy, to whatever it takes. And God needs us. I'll tell you one last story. I used to always give a word of the my old job in sales. I would always give my team a word for the year, and they for about five years I did this. And um, when did we have that big earthquake? Two thousand eight, oh, the big one. Oh, maybe it was 90, 90, no, oh, actually, let me tell you when it was, it was 1989, and I told them, I said, that was the year, I said, this is the year of the extraordinary, and you all, some of you all were born, I'm pretty sure, but in 1989, um, I said, it was the year of the extraordinary, and after that, all, after the earthquake, all the, all the headlines said, extraordinary, extraordinary, so in January of 1990, uh, my boss said, well, Diane, what's the word of the Lord this year? Is it going to be a good word? Is it going to be good? Because you know, all the other words I had given have been very positive prior to 1989. So that let me know that they were listening because it was an extraordinary year. But she wanted to know, was it going to be extraordinary good or extraordinary bad? So all I'm saying is people are listening. They're watching you. They're watching your behavior. You don't have to ever say you're a Christian. They're going to watch your life. They're going to watch your life. So again, we have to integrate everything we do as one in Christ, and i'm going to pray for you, and i'm going to pray that the Lord will uh, release all the storehouse blessing that's within each of, uh, within each of us, all the hidden treasures that are within you and all you women and young women that don't have a husband, if that's a desire for you, God's going to present you to your husband at the appointed time, and you're going to be ready for him. you're going to go back and read this scripture and meditate on it and get more understanding and more revelation. And the Lord's going to bless. So, Father, we just thank you and we bless you. We honor you, Lord, for this privilege to stand before you and to stand before your precious people. Oh, God, we just pray for all the hidden treasures that are within each person here, from the youngest to the eldest, that you would reveal to them the secret mysteries, the gifts, the callings that are in them, Lord, that you've caused to prosper. Lord, bless every storehouse, Lord. Let it be a revenue stream that will bless the nations. And Father, I just pray for each wife, I mean each woman here. I even pray for the wives here, those that are already married. I pray for their relationship with their husbands. I pray for the young women that are desiring husbands. Lord, that you would make them virtuous women. Proverbs 31 women, Lord. Women of wisdom, women of Kaio, wealth and power and integrity and honor. And Lord, I pray for these precious young men Lord, I pray you open doors for them, all the giftings that are within them. Let them come forth, Lord. Let them come forth with confidence, with boldness and assurance that you're with them, that you will never, ever leave them or forsake them. And, Lord, let them know that they are gifts to the world, not just to the church, Lord. They are gifts to the world. They're going to bless nations, Lord. My, uh, my brother that I saw in the James Bond suit, With a briefcase, I just bless the gift of God. You give him revelation of what you called him to do. I just thank you for him. I thank you for each person here. I just bless each person here. Lord, as we travel uh, back home to our destination, you give us traveling grace and mercy. And we thank you for everything that's been done and said this week, Lord. And we will go out and we will do your word. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen.